0: 105.9
1: The home of SAFM in Port Elizabeth.
0: Port Elizabeth
1: SAFM South Africa's news and information leader You're still on the talk shop on SAFM? So you're, you're an involved father um, and you've been there throughout your, your, your teenagers every development stage but then there comes that really difficult phase eh? Mm-hmm. when your teenage daughter or son is starting to date yeah. So, what is the conversation that you should be having with your teenager <laughs> at that time? Well, I'm in the studio with Kevin Rutter from Fathers in Africa, and that's one of the organisations that father that founded the I fathered had founded the <laughs> front page father. Kevin, it's always good to have. Well, he's
2: my baby, so I it yeah, kind yeah. of fathered it too.
1: You did father it. Well, just quickly, the front page father and Fathers in Africa, so we get a bit of background for those who don't remember. you.
2: All right, yeah. So Fathers in Africa is a non-profit organization. We champion the role of responsible fathering. And we also do a lot of work with young men around the construction of masculinity because we know that a lot of the young men in South Africa grow up socialized into a masculinity that's quite violent and toxic. So the work that we do with young men is around kind of reinventing themselves, offering them a different model of masculinity, telling them that it's okay to share emotion, to talk about their feelings, to be gentle, Mm. et cetera, et cetera.
1: Mm. Building building solid South African men.
2: That's exactly it. And then the Front Page Father campaign is just a media campaign. Mm. So a lot of the advocacy work that we do for fathers in Africa is done through Front Page Father. Right. And we run a couple of uh, very important projects every year. One is a national essay contest where we get children to write about their fathers, Mm. uh, which is a highlight for me. It's really, we're building up a fantastic database of what our children are saying about the men in their lives.
1: But you're not just getting the, the children <coughs> that have their fathers in their lives. You're getting some of the, the ones that don't.
2: Absolutely. So there's a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, mm. uh, a lot of emotion when we read through those essays because children, you know, you ask them the question, "What does my father mean to me?" and the answer that you get back is nothing, or, um, or I'm broken because I don't have a father. You know. So that's the message what that's what coming across. Is,
1: what, 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 what age group is saying nothing?
2: Well, we've done the whole of high school, but we're going to now, in future, concentrate just on grade 11s because we find, you know, grade 12s have a lot of exam pressure and so on. Um, And so, you know, if we do grade 11 every year, obviously, you know, the guys from grade 10 will be coming through, and Mm -hmm. and we get the grade 10s coming up every year. Mm -hmm. So we're going to we're going to just leave it for grade 11s um, going forward.
1: I'd love to see some of those essays. Yeah. And I'm sure our listeners will too. So we'll give details later on. But let's talk about fathers and their teenagers. When they're starting to date? You don't have any teenage
2: kids. Well, yeah, my, my youngest is still a teenager. She's 18. Going okay, online. so
1: what, what <laughs> happens when she starts dating? Okay. People?
2: All right, so maybe I should just sketch a little bit of background of, of how I see this. Um, you know, I believe that men play a very, very important role in society. The most important role that they play in society is the role of a father. Oh. Um, and the impact that we have as fathers on the lives of our children is so significant when we expose them to, to, you know, what we teach them, mm. what we talk to them about, what we model for them particularly. Um, and our interaction with them shapes their belief system. It helps them to, to develop their own value system themselves. Mm. So I, I really believe that the work that you do in preparing them for when they're meeting a young man is, is really helping them to shape how they're going to react when they do meet that person. Mm. So, we, we're giving them a voice. You know, when you listen to your, your daughter and you build her up, you amplify who she's going to become. Mm. You, you, um, you give her a voice from when she's very young to be able to speak out, to be able to talk to you about how she's feeling, and to become independent and make her own choices that are responsible choices. Right. So, so really, that's the background, and that's your job as a father, to bring your daughter up so that she's able to make those kind of decisions. Mm. So... So for me, uh, when 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 Michelle brought uh, Tristana home for the first time, Tristana's um, the boyfriend. Tristana's the boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Um, w- what I really wanted to understand was what is what you know what what is his his value systems, what kind of a family does he come from, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And what was very encouraging for me was that his family values and. His relationship with his peers, particularly his siblings, mm. uh, was very strong. And how he treated my daughter—he treated her with respect. He did not objectify her. He mm. did not um, see her as something that was dispensable. Mm. And I picked that up very, very quickly. So I didn't really had to—I didn't really have to have a conversation with him around those mm. issues because I picked up those value systems very quickly. Mm. And one of the reasons how you can pick that up is by involving them in the family mm. very early on. Now, you know, having said all this, I, I'm also very sensitive to culture and to the fact that
1: right, because people do things very differently. I was going to get to that because yeah. I'm a Zulu girl. That would never happen. would have never happen. happen. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So, my oldest daughter dated a young Zulu guy for a long time. Yeah. So, that for me was very difficult because to try and get, um, you know, my, I wanted to share my family values and to share I wanted to invite him around for a for a bribe for a yeah. family dinner, etc., yeah. etc. Et he was reticent to do that because he was not in a position to introduce Taryn to his, his family.
1: family, yeah. So even though, because when you once you introduce a girl yeah. or a guy, you're getting married. You're getting married. Yes. That's
2: exactly it. Yeah. So so this is now my personal story in the way that I do things. It's not the most important thing that's coming out of this is if you have a different value system to what I've shared. Mm. So you have a different culture, a different way of doing things. The most important thing is that how you brought your daughter up to be confident in who they are, mm. to respect your value systems, but also to develop that for herself, she will fit in with that, mm. um, and but give her the power to actually make those choices. Yeah. Um, and she will make the choices that kind of fit in with what your family values have inculcated in her right. at that particular point in time. Right. So that that's really the... The the gist of the story. Yeah. Um, so creating
1: yep. creating that that relationship between you and the daughter, and, mm. and I want to get into that conversation because it's all good and well to say this is what you have to do. You need to make sure that she has, she understands the values and what do we you know how men should treat her. That's fine, but how do you have that conversation? Because for, for dads it is frightening sometimes. But yeah. here, first, let's hear from Innocent in Lady Brand Innocent, good evening.
3: Good evening, now lady. And how
1: are you? I'm great. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling.
3: Great, great. It is nice to talk to you on the 2016 Happy New Year. Too.
1: Happy New Year, Innocent. <laughs>
4: <laughs> great. Uh oh, let me give you, let me speak to your Good evening, sir. how are you? Good
2: evening, Innocent. Yeah, oh, great. Thanks. Happy 2016. Oh, great. Oh, it is very, very good to have you in the studio.
4: It's Thank an you. honor to talk to you.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
4: Thank you, sir. Ah, uh, with a marvelous
2: topic. You should come join us, sir. You're doing a good job as the studio host. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Taping over my show
2: <laughs> okay okay
4: let me carry on
1: yeah. um uh,
4: about the thing uh this thing of the teenagers who dating fathers or fathers who are teenagers no
1: uh, no, no 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 not fathers who are dating teenagers fathers of teenagers who have started dating Karen not fathers who are dating teenagers fathers of children of teenagers who have started dating. So you innocent have a teenage daughter and she's got a boyfriend now. What is it what what is your role as a father?
5: Okay, all right. I
4: didn't say very carefully. I'm sorry for that. I will come up I will come back again.
1: Okay,
3: innocent. <laughs> okay. It's, innocent. A okay. it's a, anyway. <laughs> okay, thank you. Right, eh?
1: Thanks for calling. Um, yeah, so that conversation that needs to happen, and at what age should it start? Because that's what dad's real concern is. No, well, we'll have the conversation when she's twenty-four. That's what most dads will tell you.
2: Yeah, okay. So the conversation really is around your your value systems. Mm-hmm. So it's you know what w- when you are dating a young guy, so there are certain boundaries that I would put in place, and it's not necessarily one conversation. It's mm-hmm. a whole lot of conversations that happen. So it isn't. Well, I'm going to sit you down now and talk to you about how boys, you know, you should handle boys, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But let me give you an example about how – when I talk about modeling or talking, talk about how we, we are able to give our daughters a voice or for her to understand kind of her role in society as, you know, one of, of you know, being equal in mm. terms of gender. Um, I went to a water polo match where my young uh, nephew was playing from Cape Town, but he was up here in Johannesburg. It was an all-boys school. Mm. Um, a well-known high school, boys' high school in Johannesburg, and I walked in with my two daughters. They're both very beautiful girls. Mm. And um, as we walked past the the stadium in the, at the pool, one of the fathers who was sitting with the boys who were playing water polo uh, screamed out at the top of his voice, uh, "Hey boys, look what just walked in!" Yeah. Now the word "what" mm. in English refers to an object. Mm. Mm. So for me, because of the work that I do. I was very sensitive to the fact that this father had seen my daughters as, as objects. Mm. So I was able to have the conversation with them. They didn't even pick it up, okay, because this kind of thing happens all the time. Mm. So I was able to have the conversation with them and explain to them why I was so mad at this guy for, for saying, look what just walked mm. in. And these are conversations that you have so that when the boy arrives, he doesn't and, sh- and he starts treating her as an object mm. or talking about her as an object they immediately pick it up and they say, hey, maybe this guy's not for me. And the same comes to violent behavior. You know, violent behavior has become such the norm in in society. My daughters have never, ever experienced violence in the family. Mm. So, and and I've never, ever hit them. I've never given them a hiding. Mm. I I believed in other forms of discipline as they were growing up. And they're both very, very disciplined young young, uh, ladies. Mm. So, if a man at any point as much as even pushes them, or treats them violently or holds them too tightly Mm. around their wrists, they will immediately be, you know, they will pick it up straight away and they'll say, hey, this guy's not for me. He's Mm. too violent for me. Mm. So these are conversations and behavior and modeling that happen over a period of time. You don't have to have one conversation. In fact, it's better not to have one conversation. Right. It's better to to um, inculcate that over over time in your daughter so that they realize they're worth mm. at the end of the day.
1: Because mm. confidence is key, and that's what I want to get to. Yeah. Because, you know, teenage girls at the age of 15, 16, the confidence issues start to creep in. Yeah. And as a dad, you've got to be the one that reminds her that she's beautiful, she's smart, she's strong.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the stereotypical, if you ask people what it is to be a father, one of the stereotypical words that comes out is, the father is a protector. Mm. And I want to say to fathers that the best protection your daughter has in life is not you. You cannot protect her forever. Um, It's her own strength, her own confidence, her own common sense Mm. that will protect her at the end of the day. So to the extent that you help her develop those traits herself, that's how you become her protector. Mm. Do you understand what I'm Mm, saying? mm. So you give her that confidence. You give her the self-belief. You give her the voice. And she's unable to protect herself one day because one day when she gets married or she moves out of my home, I cannot protect her anymore. Yes. My protection is in the value system that I give her before she leaves home.
1: Mm. But as a teenager now, um, again, going back to the value systems. There, there still has to be that, you know, clarity of boundaries, you know, for, yeah. for because if you're dealing with a 16-year-old girl, yeah. she needs to have very clear boundaries and know, sure. you know, at what point it is that she needs to take a step back and go, oh well, well, we've gone too far.
2: For sure, and yeah. in fact, that happens when they when they're quite young. So I've often heard people say that you move from being a, a policeman to a coach mm. over time, and that kind of um, transition between policeman and coach happens as she starts. Developing and able to perform her own boundaries, etc. But boundaries are very, very important. If you speak to both of my girls, they'll tell you that they knew when curfew was, mm. you know, they knew that they couldn't push boundaries. I'm a stickler for time. If I say that I'm going to meet them somewhere at 10 o'clock to pick them up, and they're there at 5 past 10, mm. they've pushed my boundaries, mm. okay? And there are consequences to that. So there are always consequences if they push boundaries. So they knew you push a boundary, there's a consequence that you pay for pushing a yeah. boundary. So boundaries are definitely very, very important, especially for young teenage girls and and young teenage boys. But that's part of fathering part of parenting.
1: So you're saying that if the parent sets boundaries with, you know, their teenage daughter, they will be able to set boundaries in their relationships, in their romantic relationships?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because you're giving them self confidence mm. and they feel safe within those boundaries themselves over a period of time. Mm. Um and and you know, as you've moved from policeman to coach they start, you know, any young person who plays in a soccer team, in a netball team, whatever, respects their coach, mostly, mm. okay? Mm. Um, they, they're, they're fearful of peacemen, mm. okay? Mm. But they respect their coach. And they realize that the coach has certain disciplines in place for their benefit. They're going to play better soccer. They're going to play better netball, whatever the case may be, because of the advice and the boundaries that their coaches have set for them. Right. And the more that your teenage um, child starts to understand that, the more they respect you, the more yeah. um, the more they'll be able to do that themselves.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's hear from our callers. give us a call on the number oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven. Um, KGM is in Cape town. KGM, welcome back.
3: Hey, compliments uh, C- to com- you and your your guest and, and listeners. Compliments, Thank KGM. You. All right. A, a very interesting, very important topic, mm. and I've got two, three, or three things to say.
5: Uh-huh.
3: I think one of the crucial things for me is the environment. I think the environment that goes with the time uh, at, at which we we are grooming and training our kids is, is very important. The example is you you can groom mold your kids at home in a particular way. But if you're not factoring into that grooming the point that at some point, they're going to leave home and go to school, be it uh, primary, secondary, or tertiary, even beyond. Mm. Um, then you're missing a point because you're developing your kids in a one-sided way. Mm. And second to that, it's also the issue of culture. If, if you only focus on bringing up or grooming your kids in a singular or, no, or monolithic culture, um, you're also going to be missing the point in a sense that when they go out there in the world, the world doesn't prepared. have one culture, yeah. but it's multicultural.
5: Mm. Mm.
3: And and the last point is is something very important for me, close to my heart. And and I, I see this with my own kids and also the kids that I've adopted. Mm. The most important part for me is what we do as parents. There's no other better teacher, trainer, coach than us as parents kids learn from us how to love, how to respect how to care, how to be cared for mm-hmm. how to be loved and how to be respected and if I'm an abuser at home verbally and or otherwise and I expect to be this holier than thou character to my kids the kids see both worlds Yes, and at some point when they get into relationships, they somehow tend to condone whatever teachings they got from me as a parent. So and that is actions. very important. For yeah. and my actions mm. as well. Mm. Mm. So those those are the things for me that I think resonate a lot in in, in this topic. And thanks a lot. Yeah, I really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you oh. for sharing. Uh, that was very insightful, KGM. Thank you. Make a few back. Make a few uh Hi, uh, my lady and mm. your guest. Uh, you know. <coughs> When one
5: grew up, I don't know if you grew up in the era of what used to be called the student Christian movement. But anyway, one of the things that they used to talk about, which is what Steve Harvey talks about, Mm -hmm. is that when you are a female, you must look at yourself as a flower with either five or six petals. The only thing that a man would want to do is to deflower you. So when this one deflowers you, you only remain, if you've got six petals, you'll remain with five. The other one will come and deflower you, you'll remain with four. So, the and and I I think for me, Steve Harvey's way of defining that is is how we should tell our children that, especially the female children, Mm. that sex is not love. And let's be real, all men want to do is to deflower you. So, and it's, it's as simple as all that. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, if we could teach our young girls that don't look at a man looking at you and smiling and looking at their beautiful legs, all he wants to do is to deflower okay. you. But, okay. but let me tell you, and then when it comes to the boy child, mm my son is 20 he started dating at the age of 15 and from that age i said to him every girl that you date you need to protect and that's what whether you are a mother or a father Mm. we need to tell boys that when you were born women are supposed to nurture. when you were born as a boy your job is to protect so I, my son started dating at 15. Mm. He's 20 now.
1: And you told him to protect the
5: girl? I told
1: him, you? Yeah.
5: every girl that you, you date, you protect. Okay. Even if you break up, it's fine. And I said to him, don't be a player. Mm. And he knows that. Mm. So that's the language that we should be telling our boys that you're supposed to protect this girl that you're going out with. Mm-hmm. Don't be a player.
1: And okay, thank you, yeah, thank, yeah. thank
2: you for calling in. You yeah, let, let me just comment on that. And I think, and I don't want to to belittle, um, you know, the lady you phoned in now. But we we hear a lot of gender stereotypes coming out of that conversation, and and gender stereotypes are kind of a straitjacket. You know, not all men want to deflower young girls. Okay, that's a fact. Uh, men can nurture. That's mm-hmm. a fact. Um, men, men. You know, don't have to only protect. Women can protect themselves too. Okay, so when you say men have to protect women, you're actually saying that women are not capable of protecting themselves. So there's a lot of gender stereotype, and what happens is it squeezes, you know, a young woman out of breath, effectively that straitjacket around her. This is how you're meant to behave. This is how boys are meant to behave, and and this gender stereotype rewards her for looks, as an example. Mm. So so it rewards her for good looks and her passivity and her soft-spokenness. So it takes away from her voice. So she's got to be soft spoken. No, she doesn't have to be. She can have a voice. She can talk out. Mm. She she can have passion. She can have insights into conversation. You know, when you when you when you look at those old movies around the dinner table, you know, um, the woman used to go up and get the food, and then the men used to have a conversation. Mm. The woman were not allowed to speak out, especially about business issues. Mm. Okay, she has, she's never had the right to have her own insights in in, in things. So gender stereotypes are very, very dangerous, and I think we need to move away from that. And that's some of the work that I do with young men, uh, to say, guys, you know, it's, it's okay to nurture. Men can uh, change nappies and rock a baby and burp them and mm. bath them and do all those kinds of things. Um, and I shared last time, you know, biological changes that take place in men's body <laughs> when they're, when their children are born, we made to nurture. We We were given that. Opportunity to nurture our children, yeah. so we need to move away from gender stereotypes. But
1: but still, though, I mean, Macafla was talking about you know the deflowering and that sort of thing, and I yeah. you know I think that's that's the kind of direction a lot of parents will take when a daughter's going out on a date and she's wearing a really small skirt yeah. and you know a little a tiny little top that's squeezing everything out. <laughs> um Th- that's that's what you're going to say. You're going to say, "Oh no, you're a delicate flower, you mm. know, and don't let anyone deflower you." Mm. But what do you do? I mean, she comes out and she's going out on a date and she's wearing these little short shorts and whatnot.
2: Yeah, look, I hope my girls are not listening. That's something I've really struggled. <laughs> with, I must be honest. Um, you know, because they're beautiful girls, and when when they do go out with a short skirt, mm. it's difficult. You know, because you you do know what some boys are, are going to be thinking. Mm. Um, some some my work is with boys as well. You know, we have to start. Saying to boys, hey, it's not it's not cool to objectify, and it's you know that that whole culture leads eventually to say, you know, our rape culture in South Africa mm. leads us to eventually say, well, she deserved it because of what she was wearing, okay, which is absolute nonsense. Yeah. That's yeah. not, you know, she could be walking down the street naked, and there's no right for anybody to be raping mm. her. That's a, that's a fact sure. of life. Yeah. So, so those are very difficult conversations. And I I mean, have I have sometimes said to my girls, I would prefer if you did not wear that to mm. go out. And at the end of the day, when they're old enough to make decisions, I'll still leave the decision with them. But I will certainly give them my point of view. Mm. And, you know, a lot of what they do wear is they will come and ask me what they look like. And I'll be completely honest with them. I'll say, no, well, that really suits you all. I think it's a bit too revealing. Or And do the they assessment. listen? And they listen. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do listen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily about what you invite, but it's also about what you're saying. Precisely. As, it's as, the as, as, message as, as that, as you that you do all, give out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So, uh, look, I'm going to perhaps open up the lines for one or two more calls because I want us to continue after this because that maybe give us a few pointers that each dad should be taking down from sure. this. Sure, okay. Um, when well, we come back from the news, it's 8 o'clock.
0: SAFM, South Africa's news
3: and information
0: leader. Man who hates all whites has gone to ground after a Facebook post and confirmation that remains of a UJ student missing since twenty thirteen have been found. Good evening, I am Stephen Kirker. A man who has called for black South Africans to do to white people what Hitler did to the Jews during World War Two has gone to ground. Verdapier Kumalo has deleted his Facebook page. This after Daniel Amos from Cape Town opened a case of cream and against him yesterday. Kumalo, who on Facebook listed the Gauteng Arts and Culture Department as his employer, said he hated all white people. He was responding to a post by former estate agent Penny Sparrow comparing black people to monkeys. The Gauteng government says it views the comments made by Villapi in a serious light. The remains found at a house in Soweto have been confirmed as those of missing University of Johannesburg student Palesa Madiba. Johannesburg Mayor Parks Tau visited the family of Madiba in Diepkloof today. Madiba went missing in August 2013. A tip-off to police led to the discovery of the remains at a house in Piri late last year. Tau has urged communities to help police with information that may lead to the arrest of the killer. Madiba will be buried on Saturday. Her funeral service will be held at UJ Soweto campus. Two South African cities have recorded their warmest days on record as the worst heat wave in living memory intensifies. Weather forecaster Sille Kunene says Bloemfontein today recorded 41 degrees Celsius while the mercury rose to over 42 degrees in Kimberley. Bloemfontein's previous hottest day was in 1973 when a temperature of 39 degrees was recorded. The SA Weather Service has predicted the mercury will rise to 39 degrees in Johannesburg tomorrow, while Pretoria will record 41 degrees. The heat wave comes as South Africa is set to import 5 million tons of maize amid the worst drought in decades. That's about half the country's needs. A.B. de Villiers has been appointed as South Africa's cricket captain for the remainder of the series against England. Hashim Amla announced his resignation after the second test in Cape Town ended in a draw today. England lead the 4 match series 1-0 after beating South Africa in the first test in Durban. Amla made the announcement at a news conference at Newlands.
3: The decision
1: was not made over the last couple of days. The decision was made at least two weeks ago, suddenly after giving it a lot of thought. Having your country probably the pinnacle of anybody's, uh, anybody's ambition. So why I did it now, it just so happened I got 200, and I'm glad that I managed to get some runs on the board. And it put it nicely that the African team did exceptionally well on the last day. So it just so happened that it happened today. It was coming for the last two weeks.
0: Cricket SA Chief Executive Haroon Lorgat says De Villiers is the right man for the job.
4: We've asked A.B. de Villiers to step in. He is the vice-captain. He will see the series through. We know what A.B. is, an experienced leader in his own right, and we're comfortable that through the next two test matches, uh, A.B. will lead and look to turn around the series so that we're still in with a chance uh, to walk away with some glory.
0: Members of the UN Security Council are gathering in New York for an emergency meeting to address claims by North Korea that it tested a hydrogen bomb. International scepticism and condemnation have greeted the country's actions hours after a tremor with a magnitude of 5.1 was detected near a known nuclear test site in the northeast of the country. Speaking ahead of the meeting, UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon condemned the detonation.
5: This act is profoundly destabilizing for regional security and seriously undermines international non-proliferation efforts. I condemn it unequivocally.
0: More news at uh, 9 o'clock. The top story at 8 is that a man who said on Facebook that he hates all whites has gone to ground. For SAFM, I'm Stephen Kirker. There's nothing we love sharing more than knowledge. SAFM,
1: South Africa's news and information leader. It's four minutes after eight. You're still on the talk shop, and my name is Naledi Moleo in studio with uh, Kevin Rutter from Fathers in Africa, and we're talking fathers and how they should um, perhaps talk to their uh, dating teenagers, to teenagers that have started dating. Uh, send you a SMS is three four seven zero one. Terence and Kimberly says fathers must really encourage their sons and daughters to become the best in this world. Another one that says, I do so agree with your guest. Parents need to be um, a good and responsible example for their children. This builds full, uh, the respect and good citizens for the future. Uh, thanks for sending some of your SMSs. Send yours to 34701. I'll take one or two calls. The numbers 0891104207. So, what are the things that fathers, need to be thinking about? I mean, the first one is always going to be age. Mm. Um, at what age should a, should a father say, "No, no, hold on, it's too early"? Mm. Can we? Can we say that?
2: Sure, it's, it's another very difficult question because mm. that's that really rests with the parents and also with you know the maturity of the young. Young woman or young guy that you, you're bringing up, you know. So, some girls are probably ready to date a little bit earlier than others. Mm. Uh, one of our essay finalists, she might even be listening tonight, Rochelle Macavella from, um, from Soshing Gube. She's just matriculated with three distinctions, by oh the wow. way. Well done, Mr. Rochelle, if you're listening. She, well calls done. Me, she calls me her daddy, so oh, I haven't well even done, spoken to her about it. But, but so, Rochelle put off dating throughout her whole school career. She's now finished school and she's probably going to go and study a degree in forensic science and if she does that then she's still not going to have time mm. for a boyfriend. So she talks about her time schedule status and I get up at 6 in the morning, <laughs> I do my chores I go to school, I work, I do this, I do that I don't have time for boys in my life. So no. she's prioritized and and her, her mom and her have never really had to have that conversation because she's made that decision herself. For herself. So the work that her mom did in, in giving her that value system to say, listen, these are the important things in your life, your education, etc, etc. et, cetera, et cetera. has said, okay, these are the important things. She's kind of hung on to what her mom has said. Mm. And her mom's her, her mentor, um, you know, her confidence. And, and she said, mom, you make sense. Mm. Okay? And that's really it's, if your daughter says to you, dad, you make sense or mom you make sense of mm. what you're saying and they buy into what you're trying to teach them then your job is very very much easier yeah. so so the way that we act towards our daughters the way we act to other women in your daughter's life so in other words your spouse as well or um, you know or your girlfriend or whoever it is mm. your daughter's going to see the way that you act and she's going to gravitate towards men that treat uh, men the way that you've treated other women in, in, in your life as well yeah. so it's it's really about mentorship. And um, yeah, I I want to talk a little bit about mentorship maybe um, Yeah, please
1: do So
2: in South Africa we know there's a tremendous strain on family So we have a lot of families So probably almost 60% of the people that are listening there Have out out there tonight Mm. 60% have some sort of a broken uh, family environment So for many young people The traditional um, networks of support are just not there anymore It leaves them vulnerable to peer pressure, to other influences in their life Mm. that aren't part of the family influence. So that makes the dads that are involved makes their job very much more important. You know, your your role as somebody as an influence on your daughter's life Mm. is very very important. Mm. Um, The Greek word mentor actually comes from an ancient uh, Greek myth. Uh, Everybody knows uh, Homer's Odyssey, which is a sort of ancient story. And it tells the story of Ulysses, who was a great leader who went out to war. When he went out to war, he left, uh, he found an old wise man. And he said to this wise man, um, teach my boy, not only in book learning, but also in the ways of the world. Hmm. And this old man's name was Mentor. And that's where we get the name Ah, Mentor
1: from. Ah, nice. So
2: he said to this guy, I'm placing you in a responsible position to look after my boy and to teach him in the ways of the world while I'm not here. So, the role of the mentorship is so important in children's lives. If you do not have a father, find somebody, if you're a young young girl, find somebody that you can trust, that you can look up to, that's going to teach you in the ways of the world, mm. a value system that you can hold on to. Mm. So, mentorship is so, so important, and I and I really believe in that. So, my encouragement to young people and to other men, the guy that phoned from KGM, I think he, he mentioned... I mean, you could hear a very astute guy, a guy that's mm. obviously got a really, really good value system in the way that he's teaching his children. Mm. He spoke about adopting children as well. Mm. So I don't know if that's because of a second marriage or or, in, or if he's just actually adopted children that need mentorship mm. or need parenting. Mm. Um, he if you he have the capacity, them, yeah. does he? Okay, mm. well, there we go. Okay, so that's exactly it. If you are in a position as a young man to mentor children, that's what our country needs. Yeah. I think that's the most, you know, the foremost thing, or the most responsible thing you can do. And young children that don't have mentors in their lives, find somebody. Don't find, you know, a puff daddy or somebody like that. Okay, <laughs> <Puff> find somebody, <laughs> puff daddy. Um, find somebody that you can trust. Did you say puff daddy? <laughs> <Puff Diddy. laughs> yeah. So, no, no, I hear I, you.
1: Don't find a puff daddy. Find yep. someone that you can respect. Yeah. Uh, someone you can trust yep. in the community. Yep. Yep. L- let's hear from Mike in Durban. Uh, Mike, good evening.
4: How good? Good evening. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thanks for calling.
4: Come, so much for the feeling to you and to all of you.
1: And to you, Mike.
4: Um, What I want to say I'm a a divorced father. Mm. And um, I've always had a very open relationship with my daughter. She got divorced when she was four years old. But I've always instilled with her a sense of trust that she can communicate whatever needs to be communicated. Mm. And um, I've built that trust. And it's not always the quantity of time, but the quality of time. And she's always known that she can discuss whatever needs to be discussed with me Mm. from the times of Barbies and Bratz right up. She's 18 years old. She just matriculated a couple of days ago. And um, I've I've tried to instill with her a sense of value that she knows what's right and what's wrong. Mm. And as long as that line of communication is open and the communication need not be judgmental so that Mm. whatever she Mm. was feeding, was never right or wrong, but to get it off her chest and to find a way around the problem and to deal, look at the problem with finding a solution. Right. Um, And we've often had many long discussions, two, three-hour discussions, um, about what's going on in our lives, not necessarily with boyfriends but with girlfriends Mm. and how to deal with it. And not always do they take the advice, but as long as they can discuss it, and, and no, I always say to sometimes I tell you to go right and you go left. But the most important thing is that you discuss the, mm. the situation and know how to deal with it, know that it's out there because once the problem is out, it becomes a lot more manageable. That's true. When, yeah, that's
5: exactly when, when what you're teenage, talking about. Yeah.
4: And when teenagers, um, know, think that there's no outlet, um, they've got to have an outlet and parents should not be judgmental and, so w- what I did in my instance is when I, I used to speak to uh, her every day at 7 o'clock at night, I used to phone her and I used to ask her how her day was. Mm. And it's no good asking how your day was because I'm just going to reply to good. But I said, what exciting things happened? Mm. Who was naughty? Who was good? What did this teach you do? And then slowly by listen, eliciting that information, the rest of the information comes That's naturally true. from the child himself. yeah. yeah. And, um so, 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 it's not just because it's like when you come home from work and your, your staff or your partner says to you, how was your day it and sex is good. And then you, you get on with, you've got to ask more questions. It. Yeah,
1: yeah you've got to,
4: you, you, you got it, and, and once you, once you, um, have a, 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 relationship or, or a foundation built, a relationship foundation built on that, you're going to ask questions and eventually the, it will come out. Mm. And and we had a discussion, my daughter and I, about how she felt about um, one or two boys in her, in her grade and how her, her girlfriend felt. And I said to her, true friendship with your girlfriend will never will never be broken over a boy. Yeah,
1: it's a
4: boy's decision to choose whether he likes you or he likes her. But,
1: but the it, friendship comes first.
4: Yeah, yeah, no. and, and as long so.
1: Yeah, Mike. As Mike, as let's leave it there. Let's leave it there because okay, I'm running out of time. But thank you, thank yes, you so I much for contributing valuable contribution. Cool. Yep. So, I mean, a few things, okay? Maybe mm. a, few, a few quick points that parents should be, fathers, dads should be thinking about.
2: Yeah, okay. So, there's a well-known friend of mine, um, Craig Wilkinson, has written a really good book on on fathering called Dad. Um, Craig says your your daughter's first romance is going to be you. Mm. Okay, so. Mm. The kind So she's going to be looking to you. So that's really really it. You know, who, What kind of man are you modeling for her? Mm. He tells a beautiful story. I, I, I need to tell the story because it's wonderful. His young daughter, Blythe, had a heart problem f- f- when she was very young. She actually had a hole in her heart, okay. and they had to do a procedure, an operation on her to fix the hole in the heart. And the doctors allowed Craig to be in surgery while it was happening. So mm. he put on the mask and everything else and went into surgery. And they allowed... Him to put the oxygen mask on her face and hold her hand as she as she went to sleep Mm. before the surgery, and uh, the operation was successful. But he overheard her speaking to some friends a few days later. She was only sort of four or five years old, Mm. and as she was speaking to her friends, she said, "Uh, "My heart used to be broken, but my daddy fixed it," (laughs) and he was there. So when she went to sleep, daddy was. She saw daddy's face, Mm. and she thought that.
1: Her heart was broken Daddy
2: fixed her heart And really you know, That's the kind of Relationship we should have With our daughters Is that daddy's there To fix it Daddy's there to To look after And protect her heart But in good ways In ways that empower her And in ways that make her Into a young woman That has Or develops her own Value system And Mm. develops A value system In which she's going to Make the right choices In life
0: Oh,
1: beautiful. I mean, that's that's that's, that's a that epitomizes what yeah. we're trying to do here. That
2: Absolutely.
1: was beautiful. This brought a here tonight. Now, how do we how do we get in touch with you? I have an SMS that says, "We'd love to get in touch with the gentleman that's in the studio." Superb work.
2: Great. Okay. It's the website is fathers.co.za. Mm-hmm. Very easy. And my email address is kevin@fathers.co.za. Also okay. very easy. And kevin is spelled K-E-V-I-N. <laughs> kevin at fathers.co.za.
1: Kevin at fathers.co.za. And take a look at the website today It's always such a pleasure having you in the studio. Absolutely. Thank you so no, much. Thanks. And a happy thanks. new year. Enjoy the rest of 2016. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we'll chat some more. We will. We definitely will. You're Thank on the talk you. shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. So last night, um, uh, our matriculants got their results, and a few of them are going to be chatting to me when we come back. I'll speak to four matriculants that have done incredibly well. Um, they've gone through the adopt a school Foundation, um, and we'll chat to them. Call in, please, to congratulate them, all right? Let's motivate some of them. 891
0: Your topic could make it onto the talk shop. Just email talk at safm.co.za or tweet
5: at SAFM Radio.